Welcome, welcome to 561 Music. My name's Ben. And I'm Hector. We're back. Uh, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had a good time, didn't we? Yeah, we did, man. Yeah, we did. I just, uh, you know, it's just, you know, when you're gone that long, you hit the ground running and pfft, it's just been mad since I got back, so. No, I feel you on that one, man. Yeah. It's, it's been the same for me. I'm, I know you very well, so I know that you are busier than me, but I'm pretty busy. I, have to say. I mean, I'm always busy, but coming back from like almost two weeks of not being here, I'm like stupid busy. <laughs> yeah, I believe it, man. Uh, that's I believe crazy. it. So, yeah, um, the last thing that we did, um, if we're going to kind of like back this up against the other two episodes, um, I think there's two gigs that we didn't talk about. Yep. Um, and uh, the last one we played was Lake Law, yeah. which was just, why don't you tell them about that place? Yeah, Lake, Lake Law, North Carolina, and the place was called Fay Nectar. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it was like walking into, like, a Dungeons & Dragons, like, fantasy cafe or something. I don't even know how to describe it. Like, it was a meadery. So they didn't serve, they didn't serve uh, uh, beer or, like, hard liquor and stuff. It was mead. Like, yeah. like good old-fashioned, you know, put it in the stein and rrr, mead. Yeah, and oh. it was good, right? <laughs> I mean, I didn't stuff. have any, but according to all reports. Yeah, well, you had the, you had the non-alcoholic mead that they had. Yeah, uh, that was some kind of... Um, What's that? It was like a type of a kombucha, something like that. Yeah, it was yeah. similar, but yeah, it was really good. And um, but the place is just really cool. I guess they started out uh, at another location doing uh, an occasional um, an occasional gathering or get together of a kind of a a ren fair, if you will, like a like a small you know small gathering ren fair. It was at Odd, wasn't it? it was <clears> yeah, at that yeah, it was at the at the Odd in North Carolina, yeah. in, uh, in Asheville. And then um, somewhere along the way, man, it just they it just took off, and you know. 1500 people started coming to this thing and then it just got bigger and bigger and bigger and and uh, now he has his own his own place he opened up I think in May of this year and um and now they do you know they they do these little ren fairs there um over the weekends over certain weekends of the year they do like a like a highland games and stuff and they do like sword fighting and yeah. and uh, they have that whole field back there with all the all the um obstacle stuff and everything like the big logs and the big um they had the big uh the big trebuchet the tre- yeah the freaking trebuchet an actual honest to goodness working trebuchet i wanted I to launch james but nobody would let me <laughs> um, but, you know I, I figured it'd be fun to launch james but yeah no he, he had he had we didn't want anything to do with that yeah it was great the, the lady behind the bar had like elf ears on and stuff i mean yeah. it was a trip those were real ben uh, okay. <laughs> um yeah I, be careful not to be elfist right but the uh no i had a really good time there and you know both you and i are, are pretty diehard nerds and so you know and james and yeah man you know, james has a d20 <clears throat> tattooed on his neck right so, right, right. You know. yeah it was and, fun man it was a really cool place um it had a really cool vibe and he's he's putting a lot of money into it and stuff and he's uh and he's you know expanding and doing some other stuff and he's like i think the other room in the back there that he's building out is going to be like a whole like tavern yeah. type type feel to it and then the one that we played in the side we played in is going to be retrofitted after that to be more you know even more of a music venue style thing so he can have bands touring through there all the time so yeah yeah, yeah and we'll really be good. back there hopefully in the summer it, it was great and then the gig before that um was burger bar where they do not sell burgers. They do not sell burgers. No. Um, yeah. It's literally just alcohol. In that, Nashville, yeah. That had to be the absolute tiniest, shackiest place I have ever seen or played at, and yet it had the most unbelievably fun vibe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. It was just... It was punk rock, man. Like it was, it was just, yeah. it was so punk for rock. sure. It reminded me of like some of the gigs I've done in Europe, where you know everyone was kind of like rockabilly, kind of psychobilly vibe. Oh, it was so and, cool, know, man! They were playing like outlaw country when we got there, and I, and I didn't know what to expect. I mean, like we we started setting up, the other band started playing, and you know there wasn't a lot of people there, and so I didn't know what to expect. And then all of a sudden, it just filled out. Like yeah. suddenly, there was a you know good amount of people there and stuff, yeah. and it was fun, man. It was a good time. No, so we've really met we've met a bunch of people um, who. Uh, we're definitely going to see again, you know, yeah. like I feel like the time we went away before it was fine, but, but this time was different. It's like, I feel like we made a bit of a dent this time. Yeah. I mean, last time we went out, we, when we came back, we said, uh, you know, when we go on tour again, let's hit some of those same places and start building a following. But quite honestly, I mean, they were all fine, but they, you know, I don't know. It just didn't seem, there was no, there's no place last time that really seemed to fit us. And yeah. this time it seemed like everything was a hit everywhere we played, you know, fit us. And that yeah. was great. We did repeat, um, uh, the third door in Marietta. We played that last time and we That's played right. that this time. And flies tie too. I and flies, yeah, place. and flies tie. But like 
everything else was new and everything else was a good fit. You know? yeah. yeah, no, it wasn't. Yeah. Fly's Tie actually was the last yeah. gig before we came home, and that was wild, super busy, and it just, it kind of feels like playing O'Shea's or something. It is. It's like, uh, it's not huge, but man, they, they get packed in there. Every yeah. time we played there twice now, and both times it's just been out the door packed. Yep. Yeah. No, yeah, it was cool good. Place. So we're back, and I know it's hectic being back, but I have to say I had a really nice time. I know it sucks. I want to go back on tour. Yeah, really? <laughs> Life was simpler then. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, we have uh, Jamma Hooper and Mike Rivers from Kill by Florida. How's it going, guys? Cheers, guys. Very good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's nice to see you. Hell, yeah. Um, good excited, to be here. Excited to be on here, finally. Yeah, finally. I know. I've, I've, it's You guys have been one of the bands that I've been hoping to get on. And actually, over this next month, there's a few bands where it's kind of like, ah, oh, finally we've got them on. Like some, you know, good quality bands. Like, when I think of you guys, it's, it, it makes me proud of the Florida scene. You know? say, like a staple here in South Florida. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I, I, yeah, I don't even know what to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> and we're done. No, <laughs> <laughs> no it's it just the, you know, the, the music is is good quality, has a message, something to say, and, um, you know, like a, the art is all fantastic, like a real band, you know? <laughs> thank you. Thank yeah, you. Uh, yeah, thank you. I, thank I, you. I don't We do it all that. for fun. Yeah, we do it all for fun and just, just to really, just to be part of it. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's a community. Is, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, for sure. Let's keep it going. No, absolutely. So what we usually do um, on this show is we go back to your kind of, like, beginnings of, like, what why you ended up playing music and was your family supportive and stuff like that. So, like, how how did you kind of begin in your musical journey, Jim? Where did it all start? I mean, I've always sort of been, you know, around music. My parents were not musicians. I mean, they were junkies. But, right. you know, like, but music was always in the background, always there, and it was always something that piqued my interest. When I was probably 13... I got my first drum set from a church. Oh, and, wow, cool. Yeah, yeah, and that was an uh, old Rogers set. And then I uh, didn't really play it for a little bit. About 15 years old, I moved in with the Rainbow Community, had this big open warehouse to just basically so play with. And For the uninitiated, including me, what is the Rainbow Community? Oh, God, filthy hippies. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, like... Communes. Yeah, you know, basically, you know, just I was a teenage kid living with a bunch of, you know, just random travelers and people that just came by to, you know, just, I don't know, it was like the Rainbow Tribe. Gotcha. Yeah, and they this, do like fests this, and, and this is because you basically had to leave home? Yeah, I was basically homeless at 15 years old. My dad left, my mom was gone, and yeah, just, you know, mom went to rehab and dad went, moved and left New York and... I was 15 and just had nowhere to really go and popped around and found a somewhere to stay. Do you think that that in do you think there's a part of that kind of uh tumultuous upbringing that made you want to express yourself with music? Yeah, absolutely. I I don't know. I've always written poetry and I've always written lyrics and I've always written like everything down just I don't know, since I didn't start singing until Killed by Florida nine years ago, but I played music since I was a kid. I was always a drummer. Right. And, you know, then, but I've always written. So yeah. When, I didn't know that Killed by Florida was nine years old. I, I, I guess we, I've been here for about 13 years. And um, in the first little bit, you know, I was still kind of finding my feet. So by the time I really knew what was going on, you, you guys would had always been around kind of thing, you know? So I, 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 I guess I assumed that it's one of those bands that I, in my head is just part of the kind of patchwork and scenery of uh, South Florida. But yeah, nine years is not all that long, really, is it? No, definitely not. I mean, we were, um, it was a couple different names before that. We were Tard originally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then before, when I was playing drums, it was... Um, Causeway Cannibal, um, yeah. I feel That's like before me. Yeah, <laughs> I've been yep. in seven years, so they were already playing when I gotcha. saw them for the first time. Um, I I have a memory about the uh, the Dead Kennedys gig. Did, did yeah. you go? Yeah, 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 yeah that, okay. that was amazing. I um, we were only killed by Florida for like maybe a year. Yeah, it was like very new in what we were doing, and um, God just told everybody just say you want killed by florida to play yeah yeah, you know, yeah just on the like, facebook thing yeah. yeah just like everybody just say killed by florida and everybody did and i don't know back then when we started that era you know ass piss 
Um, I don't know if you remember the band yeah, Aspis. Yeah, yeah. Um, they had just you know sort of vanished, and their guitarist Dave was our guitarist. But a lot of bands had just went away, and like the scene really was like sort of dying. I feel, and then I don't know. Um, there wasn't many bands to choose from to play with the Dead Kennedys. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Nine, <laughs> you know? nine, ten, yeah, nine, ten years ago, like the the Florida scene was very in flux at the time. Yeah, you know? yeah. Was, we, I mean, we did we did it. No Name Scar Band did it, and and um, and it was we were on that bill, and it's like. As much as I felt totally honored to be on that bill, you know, we're not like hardcore punk in any way, or you know, yeah. but it was, we had, yeah, and it, I think that's why I remember it because, um, yeah, we were both on the bill. It was, it was a blast. That it show was it really fun. was, and it ended up being um, pretty decent friends with uh, Reagan Youth, and still like communicate with uh, Paul and uh, Tibby, and talk to you know. Oregon Youth, they support the Hell They Kill by Florida, which is nice. awesome. really cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's super cool. I wish they did more shows like that in the Kelsey, you know, I mean, I, yeah. I know that like, because it was so busy and I know, I know it changed hands and all this stuff happened, but like it does for gigs like that. It was great. That was at the Kelsey know? there. Yeah. You know that they're uh, for sale right now. So if uh, if you can gather up uh, like a million four million of your closest friends to each give you a dollar, we can buy the Kelsey Theater. Wow. <laughs> Only four million. That's not bad. Wow. It's actually a bargain. Yeah, yeah. that's coming to the art gallery too, or just the theater. I think it's just the theater. It was, it was funny playing that show though. Like Dead Kennedys, no local bands near the Dead Kennedys. You know, like yeah. like you know back room. And, like, Reagan Youth, we were just sitting in there just bullshitting with them. And, like, they came in and told us that we had to leave, and they came out to the parking lot with us. Oh, nice. And just, like, you know, we just sat out there and smoked and drank and, like, just hung out like people. Yeah. You know, it was... uh, I think that, you know, maybe if you've been a... There's no... I was going to try and make excuses for it, but I don't think there are any, really. You know? (laughs) Excuses for what? Excuses for, like, being all kind of, like not wanting to hang out you know and all that but I don't see I don't think there really is any excuses for it it's just lame no, to, me it's just lame. Man, <laughs> yeah. to me that was management that, yeah, that was, it was a lot to do with Kelsey, I think like it was also people, Kelsey, I think yeah. yeah okay, gotcha yeah, there was their own like uh, don't bother the touring bands you know yeah. like I've played with all sorts of like big bands over the years and it just depends on who they are you know, like Bad Brains we, were, we hung out with them you know, they didn't yeah. care yeah and, but then like you know, bands that Real Big Fish, we hung out with them. But then, yeah, there's been others who were mentioned who, yeah, it's like, you know, the Velvet Rope kind of thing, you know? Yeah, I mean, TSOL was cool. TSOL was amazing. DRI's Carried their gear in. Yeah, yeah, TSOL was really cool. God, um. DRI's been cool. The Radolescents were cool. We had Desca Fest, those guys from South America. Everyone's been fun. I've never had a bad Law was, they're good people. Had a problem at a show yet. Yeah. yeah. No, most of um, U.S. bombs. I mean, fuck them. I, I don't even know. <laughs> like, they absolutely it was like big time. It was weird. Like U.S. bombs, like hidden their trailer and didn't really like. <laughs> they were one of the most pretentious, like weird bands I've ever played with. Oh wow. Um, okay. Agent Orange, awesome. Yeah. Like they are I've just absolutely that. down yeah, to I've earth. Really this, yes. cool. Just a blast. Like yeah, I, I heard, really. Uh, I'll play a show with Agent Orange anytime. Yeah, I've heard here. Agent Orange is like that. I've heard um, from several people Teenage Bottle Rocket is like that. They'll, yeah. they'll just they'll just hang out with you. And, oh, yeah. You know, Fishbone. With... Fishbone. You know, yeah. they just still hang. You know, they don't care. They're just super cool. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. It's always good to have those down-to-earth people like that. And yeah. Not I'd like to think I'd be like that. Killbillies like Kill hang out oh, with yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like to think I'd be, if we got like super famous, I like to think I'd be like that. Yeah, know? like what, at what point of your fame do you like not take care of your own social media? I just need 10 fans and yeah, then that's yeah, it. Yeah, you're like, oh, my manager does that. Or like I've, what time do you well, like, well, stop that, that's like, answering us, text messages? because we pay them. We, we do so, pay somebody to do our social media. <laughs> okay, so, 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 yeah, so we're that pretentious band. No, no, I was wondering what level does it take where you just like. Just having enough money. Yeah. Enough money and not enough time. So you're like, eh. I'll, yeah. pay, I'll pay it. <laughs> it's sort of weird, and like it's not like genuine at that point. You well, know, you get that, these. Res- so, so with the Killbillies one, the the stuff that gets taken out, we do our own personal social media. Oh, absolutely, but like the but the band one, it's like um, essentially what it is because you play you know two or three times a week. It's uh, it's just advertising the shows coming up and so, putting up pictures. That's you know that ninety percent of what Danielle does is is essentially advertising. Yeah. 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 Wonderful, you know, but like you don't ever like 
do a little something personal oh, on yeah. your we, own page? We do. What what happens is like like what happened on the tour a lot was we would you know we would do a little a little story or a little hey guys we're out in front of you know whatever you know venue it was and stuff. We would post those on ours, and Danielle just keeps an eye on ours, and, she, and when she sees something personal that pertains to the band, she'll rip it and she'll put it on the band page. Yeah. So she does a lot of that stuff. Okay. So where we we do it, and then she just takes it and puts it on there for so us. So the, the, okay. the and part of the reason why. It works that way around as opposed to us just doing it is Danielle understands how the algorithms work and all that stuff. Yeah. And if we if we kind of mess up her situation, then, wrist. Then, then, then yeah, we get told <laughs> off. But, 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 we, but we, in a good way, in a nice way. Yeah, totally. Yeah. God, it's weird. Like the best responses I get out of the algorithm is posting shit that pisses people off. Oh, of course. Yeah, you of know, course. like, you gotta be, like, you know, ridiculous about yeah. it and just, yeah, post shit. Either that or, like, a picture of a puppy. But, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, kittens, yeah. <laughs> but there's all these stupid rules for the algorithm. Like, apparently, um, so, like, I posted something not too long ago and it had a it had a link to a ticket uh, ticket site for tickets for the show. And then, um, you know, she, she immediately, you know, messaged me back and said, um, you know, hey, you need to change that because I guess Facebook frowns upon outside links on the post. Like you can put it. That's why you see people do it in mm. the comments underneath it. Okay, they'll that's make their post links. Okay. and then they'll yeah. put the, the outside link like in the comment because mm. the comment is the comment. But yeah, it frowns upon. So the algorithm goes, oh, that's an outside link. I'm not gonna. And unless it's a paid advertisement, they like kind of shove that one under the rug. Mm. Yeah. So every time I post my Bandcamp link to our music, yep. they're like, "Fuck you, basically, yeah. pay me." Basically, yeah. Yeah. yeah, sponsor this, boost this ad. Yeah, there's that's why that, like all those. Four more people will see it for $25. Yeah, yeah, it sucks, but the algorithms are an unfortunate, necessary evil that you got to kind of mm-hmm. adhere to. So that's why, yeah. that's what really Danielle is, is you know, does for us most, most of anything else. Like, that and like consistency. Because, um, you know, if we were doing it, We'd do an okay job, but it wouldn't be consistent. You know what I mean? Yeah, every day there's a post from her, and every day it's like photos from the last gig, photos of upcoming gigs, you know, or or photos of us with with upcoming gig dates and things like that. Um, Yeah, she's very consistent every day, every day. I can't get, get, like, I'm like the only one. He does okay. Like, he'll post some stuff, but. God, it's like impossible. I have to get no it. friends, so our what do I need to post? Every not. friend I know, you know. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, our bass player will just simply won't. No, uh, I think our they... drummer's like he's old, like not as old right. as this guy, but but <laughs> like he's like very much a boomer, right, and right, he, right. he's trying to figure out Instagram right now, and I applaud him for that. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, like if, if he's trying, you can't ask for more yeah. than that. You know right? what I mean? He's yeah. like, what's a real? What's a story? <laughs> What's TikTok? <laughs> oh man, TikTok is a whole world. It's a whole nonsense. Do, do you it. guys do anything with TikTok? I no, supposedly from DistroKid, like we're on TikTok somehow. Right. Like our music, I guess, is there. Yeah, don't exactly know how that works, but no, never. No, no. I want to have nothing to do with it. I the think way- it's, yeah, I was gonna say it's just a, it, it just means that your music is available if somebody's gonna post a TikTok reel of some sort. And Can you imagine? they have options. They have options <laughs> to one. choose. They have, you know, choose uh, different songs or whatever. It just means that your songs are in that distribution, available for them to okay. put in "Killed by Florida" okay. as yeah. as the soundtrack of that TikTok. Oh yeah. my god! Nice. I think you guys would probably do amazing on TikTok right? or something. It would be a splash. I don't even know. I, <laughs> I know we've had so many videos banned on YouTube and yeah. banned everywhere. You know, so. Sight and violence. I know. Terroristic threats. I know. Right. Seriously? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh my I make god, these videos. I think for we like... have six videos banned on YouTube, and every one of them are up for over a year. Yeah, oh, wow. it took them that long to yeah. catch up. Yeah, not even. Sometimes I've been having some, you know, another catching on, I guess, and you know, yeah. getting more of them banned. Like, he gets quicker. banned more than I do. Yeah, yeah. Wow. You know, I guess when you're an anti-war band and you post, you know, slaughtered children, they're like, oh my god, yeah, are you they, can't show yeah. the shit that's on the news. <laughs> yeah. Reality. Are they, uh, are they banning like? Individual individual videos, or like Indivi- after a certain amount of like videos banned, do they just shut your channel? Well, down? they're threatening that kind of stuff. They've always, they always threaten yeah. that, but yeah. it's there's time between each gotcha. video. It's not yeah. like each week. So it's a grace period. It, it's <laughs> I said it, oh, all of them are over for over a year. I shared them a hundred times, you but, know, and then it's just like boom, you get an email and you're like, but really, uh, okay. Uh, I mean, YouTube and they're saying strict. it's racist and it's an anti-racist song. Yeah, yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. People don't get that sometimes, man. Like, uh, like Nirvana raped me. People were like, "Oh my God, it's a rape song." It's an actually, it's actually an anti-rape song. Right, right. sure. Right, like, right, people right. just don't get that. Sometimes. We do a lot of that. Like when I write my lyrics, especially, I love to use these like real right-wing terms. And yeah. hopefully, I'll have like some fucking right-winger listen to my music and be like, "Yeah," when it's really like, "Fuck you, idiot." Yeah, <laughs> you, know? Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, fuck around and find out is one of our songs. You 
you know, um, Pray Away the Gay. Is but that was the one I, I was trying, I was, it was on the tip of my tongue, Pray Away the Gay, I was, I was listening to it together. I've heard it a bunch of times, but I was like, that's the interesting thing about it is that, you know, unless you listen, unless you sort of like, well, if you, I guess, if you're kind of stupid, you would think maybe it was about you yeah, know, yeah, 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 praying yeah. away the game. We have another one entitled asshole, which is like a big thing, you know, the right telling the left that they're entitled, you know, they're on welfare, but it's really about how entitled they are, yeah, you know. So yeah, that I, I, I like to try to make them think that we're for them. Stir, stir <laughs> the pot a little bit. Yeah, you got to stir it a, a lot. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, we love to push buttons. Is this fair? Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, it's funny, like they. they People like we're you're a political band. Are we? You know, like I, I it's talk more like personal politics, like issues, you know, that actually affect you. You know, yeah, like I like. Oh, or are we a culture war band? Because that's like what people think politics is nowadays. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, it's sad. You know, like it's just. I mean, I guess some of it's a rebuttal against the culture war, and you know, but we're anti-war. Yeah, you know, is that politics? I mean, in a sense, it is. I suppose a political band would be a band that talks about politics, which you do, you know, like, um, I also talk about being a werewolf. Yeah, it's exactly. not in every song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I wouldn't say you're like solely a political band, but when you do do politics, I mean, you do it well and you force it down people's throat. I think it's awesome. But is, it, is it a right wing, uh, werewolf or a, is it a gay werewolf? I mean, like, you know, the, cause, cause then that's politics. Again, to right? me, it's a song about <laughs> See, being a werewolf, but the, the but the werewolf is the good part. The human is the shitty part. Oh, oh so I love that. Yeah. So go. it's like, you know, uh, like more natural being a werewolf. And that's like, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's yeah. It's so, primal and hungry. Um, <laughs> so after the biggest kind of like, uh, diversion ever there um which was awesome uh, let's get over to mike how did you find yourself playing music i uh, grew up always loving hard rock music grew up in texas you had a lot of country but you had a lot of ha- hard rock and um i joined a punk band in 81 i got a job at mca records warehouse as a shipping what? receiving clerk and the cool. band worked there and they turned me on uh to black flag and bad religion stuff and i was like I want to do this. And I wanted a guitar my whole life. My dad would never buy me one. So the first thing I bought when I got my first job was a guitar and amp. When did Bad Religion start? Do you guys know? 79. Oh, wow. Yeah. For some reason, I don't think of them as being like from that far back. I guess they are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. They're from that yeah. far back. Yeah. Huh. And then in 81, I joined the band Bomb Squad in Dallas. Yeah. And was in that for four years. And we burned out in 84. And then I never touched a guitar until 2015. But you got really? to play with some good bands. Uh, while you were played them. with a lot of the bigger bands that are all, you know, Dead Kennedys, Black Flag, Circle Jerks. Yeah. TSOL. Uh, we did uh, Husker Do, five shows with them. Big, wow. Bo- wow. Big Boys, um, Crucifix, you know, Channel 3. Yeah, man. Did a lot of, we were there at the time when, you know, when things were happening. Yeah. In that. Yeah. yeah. So, Real deal. Like I said, I burned out and then. Picked up a guitar in 2015. So I feel like that early 80s period of punk is really when, like, American punk, like, found its voice. You know what I mean? Because, yeah. like, like right. the, the late 70s, you know, the mid to late 70s with the Ramones and everything, you know, was cool. But it's like then in, in the early 80s... I the feel second, like it crystallized into a thing. Yeah, the second yeah. wave of hardcore. I mean, yeah. I, I liked hardcore. Yeah. You know, Minor Threat, you know, get SSD. Totally, yeah. You've got, I mean, bad, and when bad I range, listen to of you, course. When I listen to you guys, you know, that's that's what I hear is that kind of early hardcore type yeah. sound. Because it's not like, yeah. it's not like her hardcore is now, like at all. You know what I mean? It's just basically fast, ballsy punk. You know what I mean? Which is it, awesome. It, it's weird when I like try to describe us as a band and I've thought, put a lot of thought into it. You know, are are we punk rock? Are we thrash? Are we metal? Are we? Every now and again, it is a bit metal, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's power not, violence. But it's, but it's yeah. not. Yeah, it's not metal. It's not thrash. Yeah, it's you know the most extreme bit of punk rock that there right. is. I feel like like we just push the limits of punk continuously. We, we were talking about James and I were talking about this, listening to another band in the car a few days ago, and and yeah, this, and, and and he would say that you know that it's just like really, really just just really kind of like sort of raw punk and I, I would say that yeah the way i describe it is that like early hardcore you know 
Like that's what I'd say. What band was that we were listening to? I thought you were listening to Taylor Swift the whole ride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, anyways, um, you guys record your own music, don't you? Can you tell us a little bit about that? This last album we recorded ourselves, which took too long. <laughs> it always does. <laughs> As most albums do. It always does. It always does. But, yeah. you know, um, our first album we recorded with Matt Six from Unit Six went fucking wonderful. Uh, second album, we do at DB Studios, and it was just an absolute nightmare. Nightmare. It was a nightmare. We ended up leaving and saying, we'll have it finished somewhere else. Had to re-record yeah. the drums after everything was laid down, and it was just horrible. So the third time, it was like, we are doing this ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was like, let's do this. So we learned how to do it. Alex, what our drummer, you... engineer. Alex, okay. Alex yeah, put yeah. in the time and effort to learn everything that we needed to yeah. know what's how to he, What was he using? Cubase. Cubase, cool. Wow. Cubase, yeah. So we basically, you know, trial and error and just kept doing it over and over again until we had some, you know, good, solid, you know, starting point. And then, yeah, we just tweaked it and mixed it ourselves and, yeah, yeah. completely... Nobody else touched this. I mean, the vinyl, vinyls are always remixed, yeah. you know. So the vinyl, no. But you know, it's what we think we sound like. Yeah, I, I would agree. The um, I've listened to it a bunch in my car at home and stuff, and it sounds good. I think the good thing about recording something yourself is uh, the one thing you've got on your side is time. You know yes. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So if it doesn't sound how you want it to sound, you can just keep working on it, working on it until you get there. You know? Right. We record every practice, so oh, we listen nice. back, and I mean that's how the songs grow. Yeah, and our yeah. Um, drummer Alex, he um, will—it's like continuous practice for him. So yeah. every time we play once a week, he goes home, he does a good little mix, he saves his—you um, know—where settings were, and we do it again and again and again until you know he just keeps just messing and dicking with it until we come up with something really good at this point. Nice. When, when you were recording it, did you um, did you like do it? Did you like lay the drums then the bass or did you record it all at the same time? so how we typically do it is you know i think the same as a lot of people scratch track guitar yeah Yeah. you know drums and then the guitar goes back lays it down and you know then we'll do bass line vocals and okay yeah yeah because when you were saying that for a second i thought you were just recording like all at the same time which would have been and practice we do do. and we've gotten some really good mixes out of practice yeah yeah. I mean really I mean the more we do in practice doing it I mean it's getting better and better yeah sometimes I wonder whether that isn't just the best way to do it you know I would prefer to record live the energy the energy's there which is really cool we just went up a couple weeks ago to Orlando to Uncle Lou's and just record it uh, with DC um, by PC Danger Room Studios so we just recorded a uh, live split hopefully with Goat Rope so we got goat rope from. Um, we went up there, uh, recorded, it, uh, played a badass show. It was amazing, and, that place yeah, is always and we'll fun. split an LP with them. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna split a twelve-inch LP. Nice. Uh, DC by PC is gonna put it out. Yeah, and yeah, like that live energy is going to be all recorded and ready to go. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. I feel like there's a little bit of a down here at least, and with the people I know, there's a little bit more of a push lately to be recording that way because we've almost taken like. Um, super under a microscope, kind of very, very careful recordings as far as they can go, and and they just and finally people have realized that it sucks all the life out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, I don't care how hard you like try to be genuine when you got headphones on, staring in a microphone with nothing going on around you. Like you, you yeah. try, but it's not there. It, no, it's not it, the same. It's yeah. not the same, and it's not the same as maybe that voice crack you have in the middle of a song, or yeah. that little, you know, that band that, sound better playing live. The note he missed, always. the stick click of the drummer, the you know. Mike Scala, our bass player's uh, cracked voice when he screams out two, three, four. It's absolutely every time two, three, four. Like it's so bad. He just like his voice cracks. He can barely even get it out. And, <laughs> and, There's all sorts of, like variations and stuff too. Like I know, I know the, our last album. You know, we recorded, we recorded the album after we wrote it. We recorded everything the way we had written it, everything, and it was and it was fine. I think I think the the album sounds great. Um, but there's something about like we, you know, when we're playing the live shows and stuff, like we, you know, I, I, me, anyways, I, I keep adding little things here and there. Absolutely. So yeah, yeah. There's some songs on the album that, like, although the album is great, I play them a thousand percent better live because I've added a few little things that aren't yeah, on the album. All the time. You know? Yeah, continuously. Yeah. You know, just, just changing a little here. Yeah. And the the yeah. live one that we just recorded up in Lose, um, it's old songs. 
it's new songs. It's, you know, everything. We did a little bit of everything. So nice. songs that we had recorded with different, I mean, entirely different musicians. Um, yeah. You know, I'm the only original member of the band now, so early songs record it way faster. Right, yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the club, Jim. Welcome to the club. <laughs> <laughs> he's hating the speed of it. But, you know, he's getting too old. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, 220 <laughs> is fine. 250 is a little, you know. It, it does to a sound point. great, though. That, the speed of you guys is just, yeah. it's electric. I was driving that's my Alex. car around. I thought I was going to, like, Alex. I thought I was going to, like, get a speedy ticket. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, right? Driving music. Yeah. It's great yeah, driving yeah. music. It makes you want to get there quick. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's fantastic. Um, yeah, so you got um, you got three albums, right? So the first one is your self-titled Killed by Florida, second one, Die Among Us, and then this third one here, War on My TV. So that's this, look. This is the vinyl for it. Oh, it's beautiful. Isn't it? <laughs> look at the art. Can you tell us a little bit about who did the art? Yeah, that was uh, Pooch from Alter State Tattoos, Boynton Beach. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's like a local legend in the tattoo world. Uh, yeah. What does it depict? I like I mean, to call him a friend, and yeah, he uh, yes. plays guitar and rape tape, and... Yeah, he's absolutely amazing. Amazing. So yeah. we've got yeah. a we've got like um, some kind of evil rich guy um, flying a, what looks a little bit like a thunder goose. Actually, oh, <laughs> like a, like it does look like a thunder yeah, goose. Some, uh, like a little bit like an ostrich, <laughs> and then he's bombing bombing the city with some uh, toxic. Yeah. So it's just a kind of like a allegory for uh, all of the terrible things that are going on in the world. I guess. Yeah, and it's like you know, it's supposed to look like a TV. So oh, that's uh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's the war on my TV. You know, supposed uh, to look okay. like TV yeah, screen. Yeah. yeah, it's really cool. We gave him a lot of freedom. We just kind of gave him a couple ideas, jammed what yeah, we wanted. That's the best way. And he just he did a series years ago of these sort of um, steampunk creature things. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, I thought it was a good idea, so I I was like something in this style. Yeah. And yeah, then he, he ended up with that. And I love I love to have the logo as a skull too. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so we yeah. made those actually in our own little stickers that we give out too, just yeah. the skull and everything. He sent that to us separately. Yeah, that's awesome. But yeah, the war on my TV, you know, to me it's like bitching about, you know, first world problems. Yeah. While, while there's people out there dying. Yeah. You know. And you know, like no no time more pertinent of that than right now. Right now. You know. Yeah. yeah. It's just insane out there. Yeah. People are sitting here bitching about, you know, like the song War on My TV, you know, like I need new shoes on my feet, you know, can't decide what to eat, damn potholes in the street. There's a war on my TV, you know, and it's just like sitting there yeah. just like complaining all day. And yep. that, that juxtaposition of um, like where you are, you know, there's just birds chirping outside and, and there's nothing going on, like a kid riding past on a bike. And then, you know. Right there on your TV is just like devastation. It's always tripped me out. And I've written songs about that too, you know, just yeah. that weird feeling of just like, well, there's nothing going on around me, but, you know, there is something going on. Yeah. Just yeah. Not in yeah, I, I live pretty close to the airport and I hear every once in a while like a military jet take off or, you yeah. know, sometimes they have 15s or whatever. Yeah. And the immense sound, like, can you imagine being in like a war zone? Like yeah. I hear it from the airport every once in a while, yeah. you know, and it's like, wow. That was strong. Like that was, you know, something impressive flying through the sky. Well, they no, get the big totally. helicopters and stuff. Like, sometimes yeah. they get like two or three well, of those well, guys, well, and it's just, yeah, it's like a. Yeah, you can you imagine being over there in like the middle of an active war zone no. where this is like a continuous, you know, barrage on your senses of just everything on top of yeah. everything. It's just like unimaginable trauma, unimaginable. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. horrible. So, um, like when you come to write your music what what would you say uh is your like do you just if something starts like bugging you or like something becomes sort of like a, an issue in your head do you just is it do you just write about it is it like kind of almost in a therapeutic sense you think you just kind of get it out sometimes i, I write a lot and gotcha. sometimes it's sometimes it's i just do that. see like poems online yeah well. i just write and i put them out there it's something i've done since i was a kid my friends yeah, got a book talk. Yeah, my friends used to laugh at me, like, you know, sharing your poems again, you know. <laughs> I used to actually go to, like, poetry slams when I was, oh, like, like yeah, awesome. Underground Coffee Works, like, you know, downtown West Palm. Oh, like. I used to love that place. <laughs> That's a blast from the past. Yeah, you know, so, like, it's something I've always done, and, you know, I've always liked to write. Some of it makes it to music, some of it not. Some of it was never even meant to be music. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's just throwing down your thoughts and seeing what sticks and... And what's the process when it comes to getting that over the music? Like, um, do, does the band 
come up with sort of with music and then and, and then you just put the words to it Sometimes. or is it yeah. So it just could it could be all most of the time I would say yeah um he will come up with a riff this is Mr. Riff. Yeah. That's what he does, right? So we have a song called Mr. Riff. <laughs> nice. But um yeah, so he'll most likely come up with a riff, the drummer will start playing, we'll get a beat going and then I've got hundreds of uh poems or lyrics or whatever you want to say written that I just sort of scroll through and you know see which one fits. Sometimes one just pop in my head and be like, "Oh, that one I wrote." Fits his rhythm pretty good. That has happened with us, haven't it? Yeah. I feel like I'm I'm not nowhere near as pro- prolific as you, but there is like a you know there's a similarity there. Come up with something and then um and then I'll have some lyrics on my phone to fit it. But recently, um, Hector's been writing a ton. Hector's on fire right now. Yeah, I don't know what Ooh. happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Somebody, it just happened. Somebody, Never now. So I had this accident and I hit my head. Also, <laughs> I and spoke it just, French. It just came to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. The second record was pretty much I came up with riffs and he matched, fit his lyrics around it on a right. lot of songs. Third. To where the third record, yeah. I came up with a riff and we took enough time to where everyone in the band had input. So yeah, like, everyone had a change here, had a change yeah. here, as an idea. It's really more of a band record, this record. The, right? the second album yeah. and even the first album, like I would cut like a line of lyrics out if they didn't fit the riff. And yeah, you know, like okay. the third album, it was like, no, we're adding an extra. You got to play that half more or one more time. Yeah, like you got to like I've got more lyrics here. You can't just stop here right now. You know you got to keep. Yeah, so a lot of that. I've had a couple songs. um, You know, like never compromise. I was like, this is an idea. I want you to play this. I want you. You know, this is the rhythm. You know, the best. I don't play guitar at all. So like I like try to get some sort of an idea going and tough questions was from a drum beat you came up with yeah i play the drums a little bit too and i made so. up a riff to it and ended up coming into a song yeah nice yeah, yeah. so sometimes you get little ideas that i'm able to convey and our drummer alex he, he's such an amazing drummer where if i have an idea very rarely do i have to sit down behind the drums and be sure. like try this he hates that because <laughs> <laughs> he does it more than very rarely <laughs> but you know, i'll be like do a you know this role and he does it yeah and you know like yeah. i'm like maybe this will sound good here try that <clears throat> and he does it like he's that damn good where he just like i can suggest nice. something and he does it he hates it and he wishes i would shut up most of the time <laughs> but i'm right most of the time so, you know, I would doubt that. <laughs> it could be a 50 50 maybe you know, like I, I punk rock to me like so many bands go boop tap boop tap boop tap boop tap boop tap boop tap you know three chord punk rock it's the start it's the stop it's the the, the transitions in between songs yeah it's the roll it's the this it's the pause you know and that's the kind of stuff i like to really try to shove in the face of these guys when yeah, we're yeah. playing is no we need an ending no we need this pause on this word in the middle of this song you're like, absolutely right it's it's the it's the little stops it's the you know the, every like the a small like juke then back in and stuff yeah, like that absolutely. Yeah. Hesitation. I call them hesitation. You take a breath in there, yeah. And um, "Die Desantis Die," um, that song. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's a song uh, right in the middle of it. You know, I say the word "wait," and the whole band, you know, wait, and we all pause for just that one second, then like continue on with it. Which to me, you know, it fits the lyrics. It's right there. The pause is perfect. Yeah, wicked. Yeah. So I reckon this is a perfect opportunity for um, us to listen to some of your music. So why don't we do that right now? Let's do it. All right. Wonderful. Yeah. 
We are also sponsored by Oasis Root. Now, Oasis Root Carver Bar is in Seagrape Square on Indian Town Road, and it is a carver bar. If you don't know anything about carver, it's a Polynesian root that you grind up and you mix with water, and it has been in Polynesia for potentially thousands of years. It's, a, it's an old thing that um, they used for kind of ceremonial and also um, sort of ledger purposes. It, it's meant to be something where, you know, that brings people together. Um, you all take a, a shell of carver and chink them together and say bula and have it together like that. It's meant to be something to bring people together. It uh, has a kind of an effect, which is, I guess, a kind of a slightly warming effect. and uh, It just kind of makes you feel a, a, a nice. It's not particularly intoxicating. It's not like drinking alcohol. So the atmosphere in a carver bar is sort of like um, a cross between a regular bar and uh, a coffee house. It's pretty chill in there. Um, you get all sorts of different types of carver bars. Some of them are more like a club, you know, this sort of like black light and EDM playing. And some of them are more like a cafe. This is one of the cafe type of ones. It's it's super chill in there. If you're looking for somewhere to, I don't know, maybe go and do some work on your laptop or go and have a chat with friends, it's perfect for that kind of thing. There's a foosball table in there if that's your jam. Or baby foot, as they call it in France. And... Uh, yeah, Jim, the owner, is a really cool guy, and he has very kindly sponsored our podcast. So thank you very, very much for that, Jim. They also do a poker night in there. All sorts of things going on at Oasis Root Carver Bar. 561 Music is sponsored by Live Music Community. It's where we film the podcast that you're listening to right now, and it's also where I work. Gavin, Hector's son, was a student here for a long time, and in many ways he's the musician he is today because of the teachers at Live Music Community. We taught him not only about his instrument, but also about being in a band. And his band, Unemployed Youth, accomplished a lot of goals, mostly band etiquette, how to work together, and all of the nitty-gritty that goes into being in a band on a day-to-day -day basis. The student signs up for lessons, learns their instrument, joins a real band, and decides the direction it goes in. And we can take people from very young age, you know, six or seven years old, all the way up to 80. You know, there's no age limit here. Um, we've run an adult program for people who want to be in a band as adults. But really, the main focus is on the on the kids and getting them playing together and in bands. Um, we are also a studio, a live stream venue, and can, we can record audio or video. The Killbillies live album, Warts and All, was recorded here. It was recorded during a live stream that we did during COVID. Justin had a great idea to record live streams during COVID. A ton of bands came in and it was a real success. Um, but outside of that, we can record albums. We can help you with your EPK. And we have full audio visual capabilities here. LMC is in Palm Beach Gardens on the northwest corner of Military Trail and North Lake Boulevard. It's north of the gas station right before you get to North Lake on Military Trail. And if you go to livemusiccommunity.com, you have all the information you'll need right there. Thanks. All right, so we were just listening to that ad for Live Music Community, which is where we're sat right now. So um, it's a good time to ask you guys if you have any advice for upcoming or young musicians. Don't give up and try and just put yourself out there. Like, that's what we did. We just continuously just berated promoters and just, like, I know they think I'm a nerd and, like, <laughs> I suck and he won't leave me alone. But any show, any time, I put my name out there, throw my hat in the ring and just don't yeah. stop. Squeaky wheel, man. Yeah, don't yeah. stop. Don't stop. You know, I've been on both sides of the uh, of the fence with this one. Like, I, I, I've done a little bit of promoting and at one point I was booking for a venue and – um it, I can tell you from that perspective, the squeaky wheel it gets the grease. It does, you know, because you keep seeing it coming in and eventually, even if it's not someone you particularly want to have on you, like, all right, you know, it works. It, you got to, though. They don't know yeah. who you are. Yeah. And there's a hundred other people doing it. But, you know, like, you got to, like, unfortunately follow some of these bands online, see where they're coming to town, the bigger bands. And, I, I mean, I hit them up and the promoter's like, can you at least wait until the show gets announced? Or, like, can you, you know, just... Try to, you know, just hold off for a minute and stop, you know, 
bugging me about playing every show that so comes. Are you reaching yeah. out to the, the promoters for these bands, or are you reaching out to the band. to, to the bands themselves? The bands are tough to reach out to, I find out. Yeah. Some know? are. Some are. Yeah, they're like, yeah. I'm just a drummer. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just this. So we have a booking agent. Like, you know, you got to email this. You got to do yeah, that. You but know? you never know till you ask them. Yeah, I do that yeah. sometimes where... You know, uh, and it's bigger bands and stuff that are coming through town. And I'm like, oh, man, we were pair nice with them. You know, Dropkick Murphys or something, you know, for example, or Flogging Molly. You know, I'll reach out to them, you know, through social media. But pff, I've never had one even so much of acknowledge me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, that's a different level band. So if you're listening, yeah, Dropkick, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're, yeah. we're ready. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you know, I mean, as, you know, cheesy as it is or like, you know, I've got no shame of who we are oh, as a yeah. band. I'm not like, I never try to big time somebody and act like we're the biggest shit around. You yeah. know, like for us, I think the next step is getting into the you know, revolution and culture room. Yeah. You know, that that's like our next step. We played every local venue. We play with the biggest bands. We've, you know, done everything we can at this level. And now yeah. my next step is how do we get into culture room? Yeah. How do I open for the fucking Circle Jerks Descendants Adolescence that's coming? Yeah. I'm going to go play. I'm going to go to that. You know, like, yeah. like, how do I get on that? Yeah. And I cannot get an answer from anybody of how to contact Revolution, who to talk to, an email, a phone number. No, we have contacted Revolution. You have to send the press I sent kit their re- yeah, the request send forms that, online. Yeah, you know, I, I yeah no we've done that for them. years. It's who you, unfortunately, with all it's of this stuff, it's who you know. You know, yeah. you just, it it, is. it's just like networking, figuring out who figuring out who's kind of close to the decision-making process and just trying to, you know, get in front of them somehow. It's a, uh, Most of the time it happens by accident just because you meet them in a bar or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Or, you know, do coke in their bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, like, yeah, I, like that's, like, unfortunately, like, what it is. Yeah. You know, and it, it's sad. I, I just, I feel like us as a band, we've done what any other local band has ever done. And, you know, like... I think we're good at it. I think yeah. we're professional about it. We get on the stage. We get off the stage. We're not idiots. We don't act like assholes. And, yeah. you know, yeah. like, there's no reason to me that we can't get on this besides I don't know the right people. You yeah. know, like the, the, right. the Fest in Gainesville. I, I have emailed Tony at the Fest over and over and over for the last, like, seven years yeah. and gotten bullshit, like, auto responses yeah. about we're booked. Sorry. Yeah. Email them, like, three, four times a year. We'll play any year. Like, I don't even know what to do. Yeah, you know, like I fill out their forms, I send the requests. Yeah, and- it's tough, man. We, uh, I, I was going through a phase a few months ago. Um, I, you know, Ben, ben does a lot of the booking for us here locally, and and, uh, and we've got a few promoters that that you know will book us consistently at certain places and things like that. Um, I, I tend to when when we go on the road and stuff like that, I tend to try to find venues for us when we're on the road. And um, I, I went through a phase about three months ago where I was just I was reaching out to like. Every and any festival that I thought we would be a, f- a good fit for, I didn't care if it was fucking Alaska. Like, it didn't matter where in the United States it was. Like, I used to just reach out to places in Florida. Then I just got, okay, well, I'm just going to reach out to everybody. And I just started reaching out to everybody. And, and But you're right. Like, in some cases, like, all you can do is fill out the form. And then you never you never even get a, like, a, hey, thanks, we got your... You know, right, like nothing. You don't even get a reply, like a like a you know, even it not even be an auto reply, yeah. not even an auto reply. Sometimes, yeah. um, but you know, well, other... it's hard enough getting on festivals around yeah. here. Never, never mind. You know, like yeah. just the because there's so many, so because the, the competition is so high, it is. And so it just ends up being, you know, I, I reckon half the time it just ends up being. People, people know. You know, it's just yeah. that's yeah. exactly right. You know, like yeah. I Nepo mean, babies. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, like. We've been a band pretty predominant throughout South Florida. You think the people that run Revolution or Culture Room don't know the name Killed by Florida? Right, yeah, yeah. You think this name, like, or do they just, like, hate us? I mean, just fucking (laughs) tell me you hate me. Come on, whoever you are. Like, just say it. God, you know, I I don't know, like, something. God damn it. I know. The silence sometimes is unbearable. Um, So... Headed for Disaster. It's the last tune on this album, um, War on My TV, um, and we just played it. Could you tell us a little bit about that song? Yeah, that's um, a great song where I tried to, which I don't do often, was write sort of minimalistic lyrics right. where I left a, leave a lot of space in between my verses and you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying, which I don't do often, but I had a good thought for that. Um, and, yeah, it's just about... A lot of like climate denial and just we just wrote a song about that. Yeah, just like just not thinking that 
the inevitable is going to happen. And mm-hmm. just like, you know, the, the first lines of the song is keep fucking around, not giving a shit. We're headed for disaster. Yeah. You know, I don't want change. I'm comfortable with it. We're headed yeah. for disaster. I don't know. I'm not that smart. We're headed for disaster. You know, we'll figure it out one way or another. We're yeah. headed for disaster. And, like, that's what it's about is just being just, like, ignorant to it yep. and not that's caring right. and figuring, you know. Yeah, that kind of willful ignorance. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's literally exact. That's what we just wrote it's, one of our new songs. It's about. almost a line in our song. There's a uh, it, there's no sense in ignorance. It's only common sense or something. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. open your eyes. The world's on fire. Um, why can't you see? Um, can't remember. Your excuses it? are getting tired. That's it. There's no sense in ignorance. It's, it, it, yeah, it's, it's obvious. It, it's common sense. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. <laughs> very nice. Yeah. yeah. In the middle of the song, there's just a nice like break where it's just like fuck around and find out. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> like I love to, like, you know, like I said, throwing those right wing like little yeah, things yeah, right yeah. there, and yeah, it, I I find that the, you know, I don't want to get too into it, but that's the thing that blows my mind about um, about the situation we're in with the climate is that there's still people who'll be like. Oh no, you know, it's 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 it's, it's all just cycle natural cycles. It's not yeah. us. There's still people who say that. But, and it just blows my mind. But yeah, like maybe it is. But maybe we can do something to lessen that. Exactly. Like, that, exactly. That's my whole thing with it is that uh, yeah, maybe it is, but just in case it isn't. Let's oh. try and do something. Well, the, the, there's there's grand solar flares or something they started like this the sun is bigger than ever and it's no, it's like do you not see the black smoke spewing out of your diesel? Right. Like, you matter, like, can't be, like, destroyed or, like, created, right? Yeah. It's there forever. Yeah. And it's like, where is that going? Yeah. You think it's not going somewhere, you know? Like, uh, Yeah, it drives me bananas. It really does. It drives me absolutely <laughs> bananas. So, um... <laughs> it, it's so dumb. We've got... We've got some... you got some gigs coming up, in it, And I wrote them down here. So you yeah. have... Um, the, the what's the first one on here? So Vero on December the second. Yeah, Vero. We're gonna play the Stamp Bar in Vero, which is always the Stamp. That's that, I, we haven't played there, but I, I know it. Yeah, yeah, it's a cool place. Always great. Cool, yeah. Talking about cool small place. venues. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's no, cool. Great place. little place. Great little place. Stamp. Joe Grover runs it. Yeah, oh, cool. he does real well. Absolutely. Yeah. And then after that, We've um, got Radolescence in Melbourne and Respects. Yeah, Radolescence. You know, it's the adolescence, but it's you know the Radolescence is like yeah. all former members and yeah, you sick. know yeah. So in um, Terminally Ill and the Hodge. So yeah, it'll be really cool. Two shows. Yeah. Thursday, Friday. Hit them up in Melbourne. Come down to Respects in West Palm. That's yes. really cool. And then um, in the beginning of February, you're going to play some shows with Modern Natives. I think we've chanced them too. We might end yeah. up doing some gigs with them yeah. as well. Yeah, I think they're coming down for for a little bit. Like yeah, they tour continuously. Yeah, February or something. So they they hit us up about playing a show or two. With yeah, them, so. and well, well, even before that, uh, January fifth, one of my really good friends uh, is coming down in the Shihihi okay. out of Athens, Georgia, with the pauses. Okay. So we got the Shakers, uh, Shihihi, and the pauses going to be at nice. Propaganda January fifth, which will be really cool. Cool. Yeah. yeah, nice one, man. Yeah. Well, um, it's great to hear you're keeping busy. Any ideas of have you been writing more tunes since you've released this? Yeah, absolutely. What have we got? We have nine new ones for. I want to release an album a year. It's my goal. See, I'm oh, yeah. I'm torn on that. Like David Bowie. I want to do four songs. I'm elderly. I want to do four more songs, two LPs, and then I want to do a twelve song afterwards with all like an extra four songs, you know. Yeah. And put them all together for a full length afterwards. Well, you know the way that I. We we released the whole thing yeah. last year, and this time we're just going to release one song at a time. Yeah, we're just going to do it to Spotify and all the algorithms yeah. and shit. They want that. They want yeah. continuous yeah. stimulation. Well, what we 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 figured out was you know twofold. One is we we you know we dumped the album out on uh, whatever about this time last year, November last year, um, and it was like all this like hey check it out we did this and whatever and then it just kind of fizzled out and it's like it's hard to keep promoting the same thing over and over and over again. It it's is. not fresh material. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then the second thing is, like you're saying with the algorithms and stuff, like all of it, Spotify, CD Baby, um, Distro, uh, Kid. Distro Kid, everything is really geared and designed to promote one, song. one album. One, yeah. I mean, one song. Yeah. One song at a time. Yeah. And yeah. so if we do one song, one song, one song, even if we did, you know, like you're saying, a 12-song album and we did one song a month, you know, for an entire year, we've got content. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Exactly. And then yeah, you yeah. release the album after the year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. See, I was thinking you doing four-song EP. You release it with, the, with EP, the last song, yeah. Four-song yeah. EP. Yeah. 
and yeah. then that's what the shake did is they did, did they're, well they're in the middle of it they're doing four songs like four over the course of a year like four four times four, four times. songs yeah yeah, yeah. I think yeah well, well, we're always writing that's every great. every yeah. practice we're that's yeah. doing awesome. something new yeah yeah. How often do you guys practice? Once a week, religiously. Excellent. Yeah. That's right. excellent. Yeah. And then um, the other thing I was curious about is, in terms of your, do you practice your instrument when you're at home? Yes. You do? That's uh, awesome. Just a few weeks ago, I sent them a riff that yeah. I came Sick. up with. Because when I write a riff, it's not just a section, it's like the whole song. Yeah. And he only yeah. recorded on his phone, sent it and to And I us. recorded on my phone because I got the little cube. Yeah, man. And I sent it out to him. I'm like, can you do anything with this? And he's like... I listen to yeah. it. I pick out lyrics that might fit it, and yeah. then those lyrics don't always stick one way or another. And you know, and the riff is definitely going to change right, once yeah. everyone's input comes. So I suppose like practicing writing is just writing, isn't it? There's not really a, you know. for me. It's memorization. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And my brain never stops. I'm sitting yeah. there like continuously repeating lyrics through my head, right. especially if it's like the first time like we're going to play at a show coming up. Yeah, I, I will repeat it over and over and over again until I absolutely did not miss one word didn't yeah. have to think about it and it was just like naturally coming out of my mouth at that point and then oh, I'm like we're excellent. ready to play I'm <laughs> like doing that. the same with riffs driving yeah. I'm playing yeah. that riff over and over come up with something different come up with something different yeah. and the only way I can remember is my voice memo they laugh at me because I got like 100, well, you know, 150 riffs in my voice memo it's funny I only just recently started playing around um, in Logic and, and doing some stuff in Logic, and even that is still very rudimentary. I don't very, even know what Logic crappy. is. It's like it, It's got Cubase. Okay. Um, I only just recently started doing that, but for the longest time, I'd say, hey, Ben, I have this idea for a song, and, I, and I'd go, here, and I'd send him a voice memo, I, and voice memo I, with like really, really rough, you know, chords and whatever, and yeah. then he'd take that and do something with it. But like that's the only way I, I could send dude, it. Dude, at two o'clock in the morning when you're sitting there and like, you come up with something, something don't really do it. I've done that. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, because I don't play guitar at all, so it's like, you know, yeah. here, try this, you know, oh, yeah. like, I put my phone up, I send them that with these lyrics. and That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, no, you never know where a riff or music comes from. It just happens. That's, that's what's so great about it. That's a great part about recording every practice, too. Yeah. yeah. I lo- the Shake, um, I keep bringing them up today, but they, they do that, record every practice. And No Name, we, we recorded every practice, and, um, you know, it's something that Killbilly should get into, really, because it's great, because you forget stuff. We, d- we always record... Once we've got the tune done, whatever, if we're writing, we always on record. The phone, on yeah, the voice we were, memo. We, yeah. just, we just play it live and, and record it into a voice yeah. memo just so that when we revisit it the following week or two weeks or whatever, whenever we get back together again, we've got a, you know, a solid Where you were at at that time. Where we were at, the structure that we came up with and, right. you know, any little nuances and things that we had changed are, are there. And we're yeah. not going to forget them. Yeah. You know, sometimes for me, you know, being a former drummer, like sometimes the, you know, the, I listen to drums, you'll just hit this roll. Yeah, or he'll do this or that. Sometimes on accident, sometimes on purpose. But you know, I'll remember it. I'll be like, "Remember, you did this then. Like, you need to do that again." <laughs> like, yeah, that's fine. That was good. Listen to that. <laughs> so we were sort of just starting to touch on, um, like, before we started recording. I was, we we just kind of somehow got onto the subject of recovery. But then I don't necessarily want to talk about recovery so much. But the one thing I do want to talk about is you were saying that you you might start um like handing out like um. Knock on your gigs. Yeah, that's something I've been talking about for a minute, and I'm trying to really like move this forward. I like I think it's very important. Everybody should have some. Yeah. I, like, do you have some in your car right now? Right, exactly we I, we actually just um, I had this conversation with my wife just recently because I I'm a diabetic, so I you know I'm, I'm at the pharmacy all the time getting my stuff, and uh, and I went to the pharmacy maybe a month or so ago. Um, and for the first time, I had noticed that they just had Narcan sitting on the counter for you to just like pick up and buy, and um, you know just little little kids. They, they just changed laws. Yeah, it, it was like yeah, yeah. It was the first time I had ever seen in that, and and my my first reaction was like, wow, are we there as a society where you just need to have Narcan now? Yes. Um, but my second reaction was. It's in my first aid kit now. Yeah, yeah. because Absolutely. you never know who you you're going to come know. across. That's and who's alpha male it. shit right there. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. like, oh, alpha male. I hate people. I'm racist. I'm alpha male. No, no, no. no. That's alpha male. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know. Yeah, like. <laughs> and no, it is. And the fact that um, I think that my favorite thing about what Hector just said is that it is. It's very uh, telling of like of his personality in the sense that in the sense that. He was initially a little bit kind of confused and shocked about it, but then, but then he absorbed it, listened to arguments as to why. Now he's got some. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And uh, like yeah. even like let alone Narcan, but fentanyl test strips. Yeah. You know, and like the education behind it. So what we're trying to do is I've got somebody that's going to be making like a little zine almost, an information packet to be able to give out also and educate people that, yeah, you know, to test your cocaine for fentanyl is going to blow your whole load. You're not going to have to waste $10 on doing it. It yeah. takes a pin drop. You know, it's a little bit and they'll test like 10 different types of fentanyl that could possibly be in it. Oh, really? Yeah. It's as simple as that. But do educating people that, you know, it's not taboo. It's not, you know, something that should be frowned upon. This is saving people's lives. Yeah. And and it, that's that's exactly it because it's... Um, We've had friends it, and band members affected by it. it you pull the... Yes. You, I'm sorry. Yeah. You pull the you pull the the curtain back, you know, and then it's like um, that's actually the reality of the situation. Almost everyone's family has someone in their family who has some kind of opiate yeah. situation going on. Yeah. Right? almost everybody. So, so like I don't even know if I should bring it up, but like I'm talking about you know harm reduction. Yeah, you know, condoms also. You know, why not? Let's have a bucket of condoms sitting right. there on our fucking merch booth for anybody to pick up. Why not, right? Saves one infection going oh, out. Oh, we're doing like, kill by Florida condoms. That's yeah. <laughs> they will be so funny. My, my, oh, son's yeah. band, my son's band was trying to come up. They're doing this uh, this big cross-country tour in January, and they're, they're, they're playing like the friggin' what is it, the, the Whiskey-A-Go-Go and the Viper Room. And nice. like, yeah, they're playing a lot of really cool venues. Um, but they, uh, they were just going through this whole, like, uh, you know, we need merch. And so they were doing, you know, T-shirts and stickers and all sorts of different logo stickers and things like that, and uh, they came up. They came up with wanting to do condoms, so they've been researching and trying to find a company uh, to like get, get yeah. all that done. You know, with you know, basically condom packs. I with still the, have my Pantera condom. Yeah, when I saw them yeah, way back with their logo on it and stuff. But yeah, I, I think it's. A I great mean, idea. harm reduction is harm reduction, right? Yeah. I mean, anything you could do to help, you know, the stop of you know the spread of disease and sure. you know yeah. suffering and yeah. death. No, exactly, dude. Exactly. Plus, it's just funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So the uh, um, what we've got going on this weekend is Hector and I are holding the fort down because James is away at a banjo camp. Oh. So, uh, so sounds like uh, sounds like he's ten years old, man. James is away at banjo camp. I know. <laughs> this one time at banjo camp. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. Um, yeah. So so Hector and I are doing it duos over the weekend. We're playing at O'Shea's um, from nine to midnight um, on Friday. Nine and to one. Nine of one yep. on Friday, and then um, we're playing at Square Grouper from three to six on Saturday, and then we are playing Paddy Max from nine to midnight on, on Saturday, on Saturday night. night. And it's going to be a lot of fun. I think well, I'm going to leave the snare at home and just do the kick, and Hector's going to be providing the snare on the old uh, on double bass yeah, there. Yeah, just doing a little slap, a little yeah. slapity slap. Yeah, so, yeah. it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I, we've done it before, Hector and I doing duos, and it's it, you know it's it's always a blast. I can't wait, you know, yeah, to mix it up. Cool. You know, might even like you know try out some other random throw throw you under the bus for some random jabs and stuff like I that. I mean, I'm I'm up for it. I was actually thinking uh, maybe we break out one of the new tunes, but I don't know if that's taboo. We should do it. We should <laughs> I do mean, it. I'm down. Yeah, we should 100 percent do that. Yeah, 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 for We're sure, kidding. dude. Um, yeah, and talking about practice, maybe we can squeeze one in before the weekend. Yeah, yeah. But um, all right. Well, listen. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, Thank it, you for having yeah. us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Been yeah. fun. Yeah. Wicked. You guys are super cool. And, um, you know, I, I respect what you do and that you you stick your neck out and you, you, you say what you feel and what you think about things and you're not afraid to do so. And, and uh, that is worthy of respect for sure. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, like yeah. somebody told me before, I was given a microphone on sta stage, say something important. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, totally, man. Yep. Um, so, yeah, uh, our um, socials are uh, 561 Music Podcast, and the website is um, 561music.com. That is correct. Yeah, and uh, if anyone wants to reach out um, about, uh, like, buying some sponsorship or anything like that, we, we, we could use that. You know, this is... We, we don't make a lot of money doing this, so if anyone's... We don't make any money doing this. We don't this. make any money doing yeah. this. In fact, it's, we spend it, money doing yeah, this. Yeah, it costs us money to do this. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, any, anybody who wants to sponsor or anything like that, it's uh, it's uh, highly appreciated. Um, you know, the money goes into the production of the podcast. It goes into, um, you know, local stuff that we do, putting on local shows and things. Um, we've been putting on some local shows. Uh, uh, in fact, we, we've been partnering with some um, uh, d different entities around here, Long Live the Scene and stuff. Yeah. We're doing a, we're doing a toy, toy drive show with, like, 10 bands in December. Um, yeah. You know, we do our 
our uh, big festival in April. So yeah. I mean, and at least to the end of October, we've got every other Tuesday night at um, at Double Roads. I yeah. don't know what, exactly what's going to happen with that beyond that. But if you want to come to one of those. Um, there's going to be a fun one next yeah, week, the yeah. 31st. And all that stuff costs money. So, uh, you know, if you want to uh, help Ben and I uh, not be in the poorhouse. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That'd be uh, much appreciated. Yeah, totally. Yeah, the, Tuesday 31st at um at Halloween Double night. Rose. Halloween it, night. Yeah, so Halloween night. Um, I, I After work, I'm going to show up there in my skeleton costume, so you don't want to miss that. <laughs> right. Thanks, guys. Thank, Thank you. Yeah. See you later. Boop.